stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. 770 CHQR. I'm Zach sitting in for Rob Breckenridge. Earlier today, I was the only chance I could get him. I recorded a conversation with Unifor President Jerry Diaz. And the story is basically this, that they have come out and done the not a surprise thing, which is shoot down or get step into the provincial politics. They released a tweet. It said, Unifor's National Executive Board started planning for the federal election today. The resistance. Welcome to Andrew Shear's worst nightmare. So, um, yeah, I want you to hear this, this conversation that we had. And then I'll tell you what I think about it. I am going to tell you what I think about it in this particular case. And I'm listening to this differently. So, um, yeah, this is kind of how the conversation went earlier today with Jerry Diaz. And joining me on the phone is Jerry Diaz. He's the Unifor National President. How many people do you know, Jerry, or, or do you represent with Unifor? It's lots. Almost 320,000 members from coast to coast to coast. That's a lot of people. Holy cow. So uh, here we are, federal election coming up. There's been some articles that have been shared in regards to Unifor and where you're standing. So let's just get a good, clear understanding uh, of what your stand is and what you're sharing about the federal election. Well, clearly our stand is one that is anti-conservative. We lived 10 years of Stephen Harper. He attacked the labor movement. He attacked working-class people. He attacked our retirees by moving old age security to age 67, which was, A, taking jobs away from young people, but, B, you know, making sure that our seniors that deserve better were stuck in the workplace. But ultimately, 10 years of austerity, 10 years of a Stephen Harper agenda. Now here we are in the province of Ontario. you got Doug Ford. What government would even think of attacking, you know, families with kids with autism? You know, you get rid of 3,000 teachers and claim it's good for kids because it'll make them more resilient. You know, take $17 million out of women's programs to help women leave violent relationships. So, listen, we've seen this conservative train wreck, and our members want absolutely no part of it. So the the conversation of why with Unifor, this one gets tough, because if in any union, my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, it's pretty normal for the union to take a stand for what you take a stand in, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Look, people are all entitled to their opinion, as we are as a union. The bottom line is, is that, you know, as a labor movement, we've lived, like I said, conservative policies, and ultimately they're, they're, they fly in the face of what much of the trade union movement stands for. Mm-hmm. So we really are about working class people. We're not, we don't put profits before people, which the Conservative Party does. So in this conversation, and the reason why it's come up, and just for clarity, uh, I am not part of your union. We here um, at the radio station are not part of your union. Now, your union does represent broadcasters, and that has been brought up to, uh, to your group about, about some of the conflict that when you stand up there as a leader and you say, okay, here's our group, here's where our stand is. Some of the people inside that group, and this is always the catch, isn't it? Because they have a job to do that is supposed to be unbiased, but at the same time, they have their own lives and they're allowed to vote the way they want to vote. And how do you do that at Unifor when you represent broadcasters who are supposed to be unbiased? Easy. First of all, we don't tell our members how to vote. Our members are 
intelligent enough that they're going to make their own decisions. The fact that I'm anti-conservative is my opinion, and that's the the opinion of our leadership team. But think about it. 70% of the print media, they openly support the Conservative Party. You've got all the editorials. You've got the people that control the newspapers are openly conservative. You've got the post-media chain, openly conservative. So listen... I don't buy the argument that somehow where you send your dues is going to have more of an impact than where you get your paycheck. Mm -hmm. So if somehow journalists have integrity, which they do, working for clear right-wing newspapers, why would anybody debate that somehow the labor movement has to remain silent? Listen, I will remain silent in politics when the media themselves remain silent. But there's no question. We'll see as we get closer to the to the October election. You're going to see post media. You'll see the major newspaper chains. You'll see the major media outlets all coming out in support of Andrew Scheer. That's okay. But yet I can't voice on my opinion as the head of the largest private sector union in the company uh, country. Well, I guess I, that, I guess that's my question, though, is that you said opinion writers, and there is a big difference between a six o'clock news anchor and an opinion writer, right? I mean, like, so I'm a talk person, so no one has ever told right. me what I can or cannot say. I've never been a journalist. I've been a radio broadcaster for 20 years. So, yeah, I think that in that case, I fall into your description of those people. When you have six o'clock news anchors and reporters that are their their job is to bring. Um, and this is Canadian broadcasting, not American broadcasting, which is very different politically, that when their job is to bring the story to let the listeners uh, decide. And I get it. It doesn't happen all the time. Um, in fact, I go into businesses and teach people how to dissect sort of spin out of all things. So I totally get what you're saying. But the catch is there's a big difference between a six o'clock anchor. And when you represent that six o'clock anchor, does that not to me, because that even with hearing your explanation of it with a six o'clock anchor that job of that person is to be unbiased and just deliver the information it seems like a conflict jar i don't buy it at all look i have a lot more respects for journalists uh than 99.999 percent of the population i truly believe in free speech and journalistic integrity look i represent the reporters at sun media do you honestly think that because a person that writes for the toronto sun that sends his dues to Unifor is all of a sudden now becoming a raging socialist? Like, I don't buy it. Like, I don't buy it at all. And by the way, it's not as if members of the media haven't been unionized for decades. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is nothing new. Like, it's raising its head now because I'm not the shyest individual, and I'm quite open of my dislike of Andrew Scheer and, frankly, of Doug Ford. So I'm very opinionated. But so are so many others in the labor movement. Ultimately, we are entitled to represent our members, and we're entitled to free speech, just as the journalists are that we represent. So for somehow to say that journalists are going to, you know, put a soft approach to things because they belong to a union is sheer nonsense. Like I said, well, I didn't say that no just to be clear. I didn't say that. I didn't say that no, a journalist was going to put a soft approach to it. So uh, okay. if somebody else has said that, that's fine. I mean, I invite okay. you to have that conversation I'm with them. I'm not suggesting you did, but yeah. this is a part of a conversation sure. uh, that I've been a part of now for quite a while. Yeah, I bet. And you know what? I First of all, I appreciate the fact that you came to talk to me about it because I mean you don't have to uh, and you've got lots going on with your annual stuff right now so let's just be clear to everybody that uh, this is what this is exactly the magic of what is my world is because of the fact that right. these are two people you and I don't have to talk about this but the great part is is that we get to talk about this so that's that's cool Absolutely. for me so but you use words like 
Uh, I mean, and your opinion is, you know, words like, you know, how much of a disaster it is. And you, you use the language of that is your opinion of disaster and, you know, what a train wreck and all that stuff. You're allowed to do that. But you keep saying to me, and this is, and maybe I just don't understand your world, that you keep saying that you're allowed to share your opinion, you're an outspoken guy, and you're a strong, you're sort of a strong-willed person. That's why you do the job you do. Cool. But yet, aren't you supposed to represent your, like, your people, and how do you do that when it's 100,000-plus people, when some of your people don't agree with that? They don't agree with the fact that my union is standing up this way. So how do you address those Look, people inside your yeah. group? First of all, we have 320,000 members. To try to get 320,000 people to agree on anything the exact same is impossible it'll be like it'll be very unlikely for me to get my four children to agree all the time on anything yeah, no so kidding. it's an impossibility so if i if i work on the premise that somehow i have to have unanimous consent before i open my mouth i best not even leave my bedroom in the morning because the reality is is you can never get everybody to roll the boat in the same direction all the time. So to somehow think that I have to appease all 320,000 members before I can open my mouth, well, that's not realistic and frankly won't happen. Is it your job to share your opinion or is it your job to do what's best for your union? In order to do the best job for the members of my union, that means I have to use my voice. I will use my strength at the bargaining table, but working class people deserve a voice. Heaven only knows the corporate communities have a voice, and most of them are elected conservative politicians. So if the bosses can have a voice, so can working class people. I'm just asking that because you said to me, you said to share my opinion and the opinion of the leadership group. So is that the same thing? Yes. There's no question. Our leadership group, we philosophically and fundamentally share the same vision. Uh, do we differ at times? Of course we do. But like I said, I just got reelected or acclaimed as the president of Unifor, and I'll be starting my third term. I would expect that the reason that I was just acclaimed is because I have an opinion and I have a voice. And, uh, and, and my members and the 2,300 delegates that are here in Quebec City expect me to have an opinion. And clearly they respect my opinion or I wouldn't have been reelected. How does that work? Is, do all members vote on that or I don't even know? No, what you do is you will elect delegates uh, from your workplaces to come to the convention. So elect the delegates from all of our workplaces. Here they are. Oh, so like a, a representative for Unifor Calgary uh, comes there and then they they all contribute it. to who the leader's going to be. You got it. Okay, cool. Exactly. Well, you know what? I, I, I don't know if we see eye to eye on this. Um, I always take a stand, Jerry, for people who take a stand. So that part, um, you know, I'm all for. And um, as a person who is a talk person but understands in a world of media that is getting challenged all over the place, um, right. you know, it's, it's a tough conversation to have. And I respect the fact that you sat in this today, even though you're so busy, uh, to have it with me. Thank you, sir. You have yourself a wonderful day. Take care. Uh, that's Jerry Diaz, Unifor president. So where do you go there? Uh, there's some balance things that, that bother me. There's a lot of sales pitch. This is a guy who's, I think, so used to being into a fight. Uh, there's a hard, you can hear when he turns off the fight and starts to speak uh, like a guy. Trying to get 320,000 people to agree is impossible, he said. As based on the numbers, I saw about 12,000 media people inside that union. Well, that's why. Because uh, if I'm a media person inside his union, which I'm not, uh, I would feel like that I don't matter very much. Huh? 
So he also said journalists are entitled to free speech, so am I. Uh, but that's the thing. A journalist isn't entitled to free speech. They're not. They might be in their community or in their home or whatever, but in their job, they're not entitled to it. Uh, Six o'clock news anchor does not have free speech. So I think this is all a little bit lost. Your text messages are pretty funny. Um, we're going to get to some of that coming up next. And your calls, please call in. What do you think? Is that okay? It's not surprising to me. But I think that uh, I think uh, Jerry just proves a lot there. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.